Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? And more to be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, the founder of More to Be, host of the More to Be podcast, and I'm here to help you think biblically and live transformed, to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. I'm so glad to have you join us on today's episode of the More to Be podcast. We have a special guest. Her name is Laura Peterson, and she is the president of Choose Joy Foundation, a memorial foundation for her sister, Sarah Gitz Frankel. And you might know Sarah if you've been in the blog world for some time and remember her journey before she went to be with the Lord in September of 2011. And so today, Laura's going to share with us her story, her wonderful memories of her sister, and also uh, what it looks like to live with joy in the middle of our trials. And so welcome to the podcast, Laura. So glad to have you here with us. Thank you so much. It's wonderful being here with you. Thank you. So would you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, the Choose Joy Foundation, and then really unpack for us uh, more about your sister's story? Yes, I would love to. I am the oldest of six children, and we grew up on a farm in Northwest Iowa. Sarah was the youngest, um, the one who the foundation is um, in honor of, and I was the uh, second oldest, the oldest um, girl. So if you think about the whole family dynamics of uh, firstborn versus um, youngest, you could probably guess that I was very much a caretaker in my family. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sarah being the youngest, she and I were so close because mom and dad having six kids, um, we really did become helpers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, after uh, going to college and moving and all of that, I married and have uh, two biological children of my own. I am remarried and also have a stepdaughter who is married and has a family in North Carolina with two beautiful grandsons and a soon to be another grandson. So um, I am a grandma. And um, then my son Thomas is married with no children yet, but uh, hopefully some to come. And then my daughter, Becca, who's the youngest, uh, just Flew the coop and moved to Texas. So we're officially empty nesters as well. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> that I can't imagine what that season in life is going to look like. We we, dream, we think about it. I shouldn't say we dream about it. We think about it at yeah. times. But uh, yeah. Yes. It's uh, it's There's changes always in life. That's the one constant we can always um, rely on. And uh, there's growth and and, uh, happiness and joy in each one of those uh, different seasons in our life as well. So, um, and I think, as you said, my journey through uh, my life has not been at all what I um, originally thought it would be, just as Sarah, my dear sister, had a journey that she never thought her life would be like either. Um, Mm -hmm. As you said, she passed away at the age of young age of 38 years old. And she was in a car accident when she was traveling back and forth from college. And that car accident spurred a dormant gene that she had in her body that was for the disease ankylosing spondylitis. And um, when that trauma happened, and that 
gene spread throughout her body, it went very quickly. And um, ankylosing spondylitis is a form of arthritis. It's okay. when your joints begin to fuse together. So it's very, very painful disease as um, your joints begin to fuse. And it's also an autoimmune disease. So she was allergic to a lot of um, different things. But with that autoimmune, she became allergic to different things at different times. So she always had to just wonder what, you know, what's next, what's next. And the last three years of her life, she even became allergic to the various particles in the air outside. So yeah. she was confined to her home and unable to even open a window or sometimes couldn't even have company come in because what they had on them was um, something that carried some, uh, something that would give her um, like pneumonia or some sort of illness, breathing problems that she um, had a hard time with. So okay. that all, disease, the autoimmune also prevented her from being able to take a lot of the medications that were out there to be able to prevent the disease from progressing any worse. So mm. she just, one thing after another, had um, barriers that felt like barriers put in front of her that she really had to work through in um, order to understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, my journey really began when she started her journey of uh, blogging. Like you said, if people know uh, her in the blog world, she was followed by just tens of thousands of people um, yeah. in her message of how it is possible to choose joy, even in the midst of pain and sorrow. And that really is focused around when you um, look at it as it's not about me, but it's about what he can do through me. Mm. That is my purpose for being here. And that's really where she had to go was not why, why is this happening? Cause the why leads, leaves us in that victim, uh, mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, but what and how, you know, what can I do and how can I serve? And when you look at what and how it really is that servant leadership where it's not about me. Yeah. And so that just really is, um, I guess the thing that I would like to focus on as uh, moving forward is just people re remembering that if we take the eye out of it and put God in it, that's where our life will start to um, transform in ways that we never thought were possible. Wow. That's just really powerful. I mean, I remember I started blogging when the twins were six months old and they're now 13. So that was about 2000. And I think they were born in 2006 five if I can do my <laughs> I have to think of their birthday 7605 so they're yeah. born in 2005 so I remember a lot of Sarah's journey and if I hear her name I think choose joy if I if I see or read choose joy I think Sarah Frankel like it they're they're synonymous with one another and for the many years surrounding her death, I I remember thinking every time I faced a difficult situation, choose joy, Sarah did. Like yeah. it was it was a what would Jesus do turned into what would <laughs> what would Sarah do sort of thing. And and to give myself like perspective, get out of your own way of thinking and and pay attention to what's going on around you and you'll realize there's a lot to be thankful for mm -hmm. uh, and that there's there's an opportunity in this pain just like Sarah used her pain as an opportunity to point people towards the hope of Jesus and eternity 
So I would love to know just a little bit of the backstory from you before I know we're going to get into the scriptures and you have some really good points from the word for us. But when Sarah was struggling and sick and her faith was profoundly impactful, were you in the same place with her or were you struggling in your faith at that time? Wow, that's a great question because um, Sarah was, the thing about Sarah is she never wanted people to see her as someone who was struggling or um, needy. And she had to really learn to allow people into that space with her um, and understand that just because um, you have a need the rest of us need to be there with you, um, even though it's you struggle with having us there because she wanted to so much be the 20-year-old, the 25-year-old, the 30-year-old that everyone dreams to be, right? Yeah, yeah. And so she wanted to just let that go. And so, you know, I think early on, I don't know that we knew how much she struggled through her disease until it really became a point where she became allergic to the medications and just the, her inability to really um, leave her home. That's mm -hmm. when I think it hit us so strong of how um, awful this disease is. And so at that time, I remember talking with her about her faith and how she can be so strong in her faith when everything seems to be falling in on her. Mm. And the words she said to me was, Laura, all I have is God. Mm. From the time I wake up in the morning until my head hits the pillow at night and I try to go to sleep, all as I have here is God. He is my best friend in my little condo here each and every day. Whereas you are so busy with all of the worldly things that are happening out there that you get distracted by what those are. And mm. so that was such a good lesson for me in the importance of slowing down and making sure that not only, I mean, we tell ourselves to slow down to make time for our own families, more or less slow down and make time for God. Because if we don't do that, that strong faith and that strong relationship I think tends to suffer. Mm -hmm. And she had to really wrestle with that even on her own with God. I mean, I remember her talking about where she would, you know, go to church if she could get out and she would hear the songs of, you know, sing praise. And she would just think, how can I sing praise? Look at what's happening to me. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not that she just, you know, one day woke up and said, oh, I'm going to choose joy. <laughs> yeah. She wrestled just like the rest of us wrestle with the why, but um, until she learned to trust and fully believe and fully surrender and work through all of that, um, you know, she had a hard time getting there too. But yeah. uh, so I don't know if that answered your question. I think that, yes, we both wrestled with it. And I think that she taught a lot along the way of our strength in our faith only happens when we stop and walk the journey of the pain and the sorrow and whatever hurt we're going through, um, but also trust that he's just right there beside us and we have to constantly turn to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh... It's a journey. And I, I often find that the words that we choose 
like as our mantra are the things that we've yet to fully understand or live into. So, you know, I've got beloved is one of my words. I still don't understand what it means to be God's beloved. Uh-huh. And I, I, it is what I'm to step into. It sounds like choosing joy was what she had to step into. Absolutely. Uh, and, and what we see is the fruit of that and in that banner that now you carry for her. So what does that look like in your life to carry that for her? Banner, you know, and I know that one of the things Sarah said that I think sometimes um, is overlooked is that the most important word in choose joy isn't joy, but rather it's choose. Yep. And so the banner really that I um, am currently on, if you will, is around the whole aspect of choose that God has blessed us with the free will to make choices in our lives. And because of those choices, we have the ability to either make godly choices that can really transform our lives mm-hmm. or make worldly choices that can get in the way of our um, faith and our walk with God. And so that's really where the, if you like using your words, the mm-hmm. banner, that's really where um, I've gone. Uh, a good friend of mine who's a singer and songwriter, Jill Miller, and I have been doing conferences and it's all around a choose conference. It's all around the choices we make and we have choose chats. And so that's really the kind of uh, um, mission that we're on right now is really helping people understand that in a world where we have so many things coming at us, whether it's political or Facebook or (laughs) Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is, we need to make sure that we, um, really look at those things in terms of, is that really what got where God wants us to go? Or is that something that is um, a worldly piece that can get us in um, walking down a journey that maybe God doesn't want us to be on? Right, right. So we are always at a crossroads, essentially. Yes. And yes. are we going to choose the wide path or the, the narrow one? So what would you say you find yourself personally in, in terms of spiritual growth in this particular season and, and where God has you in the word and what does he have you choosing? Okay. You know, when I started this journey, it was to focus on Sarah's legacy and it continues to be that. But what I have learned is that, um, since Sarah's death in 2011, I have also had my, um, trials as many people have in their lives. And my trial came in 2017 when I went through breast cancer for Mm. the year. And so at the end of 2016, I was diagnosed and started in January with that journey of breast cancer. And I remember being so frustrated because it's like, God, I want to do your work. I want to continue this legacy of choosing joy and, you know, staying connected to the vine, you know, so that we can have that produce that spirit of joy. And, and I felt like everything was put on hold. And um, so as I wrestled with that and was frustrated with it, the thing that kept coming to my mind is also the verse to be still and know that I am God Mm. because in the stillness um, we're taught. And I think that I always thought I knew being Sarah's sister, what she went through. 
-hmm. But until we go through our own um, face, face our own mortality, not that I was near death or anything, but when people say cancer to you, that's Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing that pops into your head. And I think until you face your own um, walk with that, you don't really come to understand the depth Mm -hmm. of, um, of what she walked and the words, her spirit led words that God gave her as she walked that journey. So that's really, I think, the transforming piece for me in this last year that said, um, you know what, I have a lot to learn and understand in order to even really be able to continue to spread God's message to those that are really struggling, whether that's with uh, emotional pain or physical pain, because uh, it's hard to differentiate sometimes between the two when you're walking with both. Yeah, yeah, and there's always both. There's always something on the emotional while there's something on the physical. So yeah. what is the message you feel compelled to bring forth in in your Choose Conference and the Choose Joy Foundation? Now you mentioned some scriptures to me you wanted to dive into. So my focus has really been on Romans. I remember uh, as I was sitting at Sarah's bedside and one of the last things she says said to me was that she wanted people to continue to believe and trust and have faith in God as she had tried to be dis- his disciple. But she said, it's not about me. It's about him. That was the message she wanted people to hear. And so for me, it's been that fine balance of using her story or my story or whoever's story as an example of really about what God, it's about him, what he can do in our our lives. And so I think about that in the book of Romans, because um, David was such a great example of resisting harming, in this case, Saul, as he moved first to really seek the good of um, the enemy. And just um, it, Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Mm. And I think that that really just summarizes what we talked a little bit about with that worldly choices versus spiritual choices that we have to make. And um, he doesn't want us to walk according to the flesh. He wants us to walk according to the spirit. And um, it is then that he knows that um, in all things, God works for those who, um, love him and accord do according to his purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You just bookended the first part of Romans eight and the last part of Romans eight. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we always do on this podcast is we, we read the scripture right out of our, our Bibles just to make sure that the context is there. So I just want to do that and then right. kind of unpack it a little more. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with that uh, verse eight and what's neat is I'm reading from the NLT translation, which is quite different than the way you just quoted it. And I feel like it gives it even more. The combination gives it some fullness. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And I, I'm going to stop there for a second uh, what's interesting to me is that when you talk about choosing it and then we look at it from this perspective, there is an inherent statement that you have a choice, like 
Paul is saying, you have the choice. Are you going to live according to the power of the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead? Or are you going to live by the power of sin that leads to death? So and good. It's so good. And in um, the coach training course that I teach, one whole session is on choices. The whole, the whole oh, session. <laughs> yeah. So in the, in the coach training course, there's 10 sessions. The first like two are what coaching is all about and how to form a coaching question. Then the sessions three through eight are all topics. So we do core beliefs, core values, mindset obstacles, uh, external obstacles, choices, and then uh, session nine is review and session 10 is how to actually launch a coaching practice. So I've been teaching the same course since two, seven years, seven years I've been teaching this course. Same session eight for seven years. <laughs> I teach some right now. I'm teaching the course three times a week. So that means that there could be like, this is in my face all the time. And the thing about choices is that everyone has a decision to make. There is no such thing as you have no choice. There's always a, you can make the choice to stay as is, or you can make the choice to change. Absolutely. You can make the choice to go forward or make the choice to take a U-turn. And the, the one most profound statement is that no choice is a choice. Yes. And that is where I think we find ourselves dwelling too often. Yes, absolutely. We yeah. have those choices to make and Others can't do that for us. And I remember even talking to, you know, I think some of this, these messages are good for adults, but they're also good for children in particular in middle and high school, because those choices that impact their life, if they choose to step back and not make a choice, like you said, that's a choice too. And yeah. that is going to prevent them from getting or walking that journey that really God has planned for them. Right. And even if, I, you know, those individuals that start walking and then there's a barrier that comes up and then it's, oh, I guess God didn't want us to walk this path, you know, right, when right. it's to get tough a little bit. And I know those are hard times to know what to do. And at the same time, every step you take and every barrier that comes down that has another choice to make is a part of your whole godly journey in where you're going to be and what are you going to learn from each of those along the way so that when you continue to walk that journey you can teach others or learn yourself or whatever that looks like um, yeah. along the way yeah yeah totally I think it's it, it, the the teaching on choices is probably something we need to spend more time focusing on for the youth yeah. to lay the foundation because they are making choices that will impact them forever. And sometimes the best choice is to say, I'm not, I'm not participating in that. Right. right? And that's hard stuff when, uh, especially at that age, when you want to be popular or you want to, you know, fit in, sometimes those are the worldly pieces that are coming at us that are really testing what, what path we're going to walk. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go back into the word here just because it, it expands that where you're going. Verse three says the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Mm -hmm. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. 
And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer need to follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the spirit. So letting your sinful nature controls your mind leads to death. Turn in the page here for a second. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Mm. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. That is why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Picking up at verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. It's all, it's mind, and I, I say this all the time, it's one of the principles that we teach in the course, is that what you think is how you live. Mm. Yes. And so for somebody who's like listening right now and they're thinking, well, what type of choices are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's how are you living? Mm -hmm. What are you doing with the body that God gave you and the mind that he gave you and the hands and the feet and the the financial resources and your home and your job and your car and your your giftings, like all of it, what are the choices you're making and how are you using those resources based on those choices? Right. For his good and his glory. Right. Yes. Right. That there is a, a beyond me purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, what is what is the gain? Yes. You know, one of the things my dad, who passed away the year before my sister Sarah, um, of a bee sting of all things. So we oh. had we had quite a um, couple of years there between dad and Sarah. But one of the things that he loved the saying of is we're spiritual beings put here on this earth to live out a human existence. Oh, so we're good. first and foremost spiritual. Mm -hmm. And I remember Sarah even talking about for all she knew, when she was a spirit, before she was born here on earth, God showed her her life. And she said yes at that time, right? Mm -hmm. So we're all spirits. And then when we're born, we're here to live out that human existence as a spiritual being. Mm -hmm. And it just, for me, it changes my whole um, outlook on choices. Yeah. <laughs> because it really is not about us. It's about what he can do through us as that spiritual being to live out a human existence that is for him in bringing others to that relationship with him, because we know that there's going to be an end time and we want people to, um, mm -hmm. to know him yeah. because that's the only way to eternal life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that we talk about this a lot on the podcast with the different guests that we've had on of how do we shift from an earthly perspective to an eternal perspective? 
mm-hmm. and that this is this is our temporary dwelling place. We're just right. foreigners in this land, yeah. going on to the true the true place that we are to dwell face to face with Jesus in eternity. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then how does that change? how we deal with inconveniences, how we deal with hardships and trials and, and every kind of mishap and misunderstanding and disappointment. Right. I mean, it should take it all and be like, yeah, this is the temporary place. And that just makes me yearn for eternity all the more. Exactly. Well, and if you think about that, even just the things that you said, all of those lead to me thinking because I'm hurt or I'm want or whatever that is. And that me thinking is what gets us spinning in that place of kind of hopelessness at times. And so if we can turn that perspective around to, like you said, more of the eternal perspective of, okay, God, you know, this is all for you and your glory. What can I do with this and how can I learn and move forward in, in helping others also and guiding others to see the need for you. Yeah, absolutely. So how does that look practically in your life today, tomorrow? What, what's different when you live with a mindset of choosing for God's glory? Well, what's different for me has been, um, just, I would say since the journey um, of Sarah passing away in 2011, first of all, I never thought in a million years that I would be walking a journey to a publishing industry. I have no idea what it is, what it takes, and yet it was one of the easiest journeys that I've ever been on for something that I didn't think I had any knowledge of. But it was all because every day my prayer is for an open mind, a humble heart and faithful feet, because Mm. I I don't know how to do this, God, but if this is where you want this to go, then lead me down that path. And In 2016, we were able to get those God's words through Sarah published in the book, Choose Joy, Joy, Finding Hope and Purpose When Life Hurts. And so for me, it's really this whole idea of walking this path of ministry has just been so um, overwhelmingly um, um, learning for me to be that spiritual person in just walking that path. And the publishing industry was easy, but then there are hard times too. Like when I went through um, breast cancer and, um, you know, the loss of dad, and there's always going to be things in our life that we have to face. But each one of those have taken me to a deeper relationship with God, because in order to get through them, all I can do is trust and know that, um, You know, there's eternal life for those that we love, for ourselves, and and he asks us to fulfill what we need to in order to be there with him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's good. It's a good example. So so saying yes to things that seem outside of your ability. Right. And in fact, um, I don't know if you do the choose one word for the year focus on it kind of thing. And my word for this year was the word. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so say that it, uh, I'm not sure what my 2019 word is. Um, but it's amazing to me how each of the words 
that have been chosen for me yep. <laughs> because it is a, a spiritual path or a prayer to um, go through. Yeah. But it's a word that I've needed that year and has shown me so much growth and um, trust in where he wants me to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Funny that you should say that because I've been in the process of trying to figure out my 2019 word, <laughs> thinking I might, it might be brave because the theme for the ministry in 2019 is being brave together. But sometimes I, I, the Lord reminds me I'm a separate entity from the ministry that I, I can have my own journey apart from that. <laughs> and and this 2018, I started with the word generosity mm-hmm. and, and quickly discovered that was the word contentment. <laughs> because uh, to be content with what I can give and to be content with what I have um, is, is a partnership uh, with this word generosity. So I ended up with two words. And for me, practically speaking, that has looked like choosing to thank God for the house that he gave us, which is not the house that I want still. Uh, it's not the house that I imagined one day owning or living in. Uh-huh. It is not the house that I feel like I can do the ministry that I feel God has laid on my heart to do. And yet choosing to thank God for what he's given me in my space and to be obedient to doing what he's called me to do, even though I don't think the space is sufficient. <laughs> and it's not me, but it's all about timing. I've learned that too. You know, what I want, I may have wanted three years ago, but now that it's come three years later, I can understand why maybe the weight was there and yeah. how, much, how much more successful it can be when uh, it's, when his, he knows when that timing is right. So, right. Right. Yeah. I'm patience that gets in the way of all of that. I know. <laughs> kind of like yeah. last year when I had to just take a year off of everything and, and walk through the cancer journey, you know? Yeah. That certainly wouldn't have been your prayer request. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but you, you do have that opportunity in that moment. Choose, choose life mm-hmm. and, and choosing life is choosing obedience mm-hmm. to, to God. And it, I forget the passage in Deuteronomy where, well, maybe I can actually get to it. I've got my Bible with all my post-it notes here, but that, that prayer to, you know, who will you serve? Will you, will you choose life or will you choose death? And, and that's in your obedience. Oh, here it is. I found it. Um, Deuteronomy 30, um, verse 19 Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes. And so I... We are the Israelites still in made in God's image who struggle to obey him and to keep his commandments and to uh, commit ourselves firmly to him. And yet he puts it before us. Will we choose life by loving him and obeying him and submitting to him? Or, or will we choose the alternative? 
Yeah. I don't want the alternative. I don't know about you. No, no, not, not so much a fan <laughs> of that one. I, I would prefer warmer weather, but not that hot. <laughs> yeah. As I, I sit here freezing in the middle of the winter recording this with you. Yeah, yep, no. It's that way here in Iowa too. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are oh, wrapping us up uh, yeah. in the interest of our listeners time as well, uh, if you could tell your younger self something about God that you know more of now that would have made a difference if you knew it back when you were 20, what would you, what would you tell your younger self? You know, the first thing that pops into my head when you ask that question is um, when I was growing up, I was afraid of God. Mm there was always a fear, um, in me that everything that I would do, you know, it was being critiqued and I was probably not making the right choice and was it good enough. And so it was almost that fear and like, I could never be enough for him. And, uh, as a young mom, I did have, um, a husband who left me. I'm, I had gone through a divorce and I remember just thinking I was, I was doomed for hell. I was just, I was never going to live up to that because of um, what I had gone through. And so if I could tell my younger self anything, it would be the fact that our God is a loving, loving father. Mm-hmm. And as a parent myself, realizing how very much I even love my children and that there's nothing they could ever do to have me stop loving them, mm-hmm. realizing that God's love is even bigger than that. I remember my kids coming home saying, we learned today that God loves us more than you do. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and, and Praise God. And yet I think I feel my heart in, in the love for my children that I think, oh my gosh, how could anyone love, you know, someone more than that? And so I think it would be to have enough fear, I guess, that you want to um, do right and just and good and follow his journey, yet not so much fear that you almost become, um, you can't put one foot in front of the other because you may make a bad choice. And so that that's my story. That would be my younger self that I would want to tell them is that God is such a faithful and loving God and that there's nothing you can do that he can't and won't forgive you and love you for. Awesome. That is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, thank you, Laura, for being here. And oh, thank you. This has just been a pleasure. I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. You came to the right place. So we'll have to do this again. Would you feel comfortable praying for our listeners as we close? It would be an honor. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful conversation that we just had. And for all of those listening and those that aren't listening, Heavenly Father, that you would just open and touch the hearts and minds of all of those that you want to lead, that all of us that are walking your path, in particular, um, Lisa and her ministry and myself and the Choose Joy ministry and all of those that are here to do your will, dear Jesus, that you would just guide our guide our hearts and, and our feet so that we can walk the journey that you have 
in place for us and not only walk the journey, but in your time and uh, give us the obedience and the patience to to know when that timing is. And in the meantime, just trusting and surrendering that uh, your will is will be done. And so just bless us all in this worldly area that we have um, until we meet with you again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, Thank you, Laura, for being here. Would you remind everybody again where they can find you online? Yes, thank you. We do have a foundation website and it's choosejoyfoundation.com. And so any information on the book or conferences or anything is out there. We also have a store that has some Choose Joy gifts in it. But what I really want everyone to know is that anything that you purchase or give to the store through the book, whatever, all goes to the foundation. So none of it goes anywhere else and it goes to support the foundation. And our mission statement for the foundation is to be a disciple of God and to touch people's lives um, so that they can continue to learn and believe and trust in God, all while remembering it's not about us, it's about Him. So that really is our mission statement. And so the proceeds from all of those dollars are given back to nonprofits in the form of grants. And so um, we just would love to have you come on board and uh, look for us on the website and sign up for newsletters and just keep in touch with us uh, through Facebook, Instagram, um, but you can find us all through just typing in Choose Joy Foundation. That's awesome. I will put the links all in the podcast notes and so people can connect with you. Perfect. So thank you, Laura, for being here. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the More To Be podcast. We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us today. If you'd like to show your support for the ministry of More To Be and our podcast, we'd love for you to become a More To Be Sisterhood Circle member. You'll get access to a library of resources and our exclusive courses, and you'll be in the inner circle of prayer requests and opportunities for further training. To learn more, visit moretobe.com slash podcast for a special link just for you. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.